M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. It was like viewing another species on another planet. This is M. Salation. I don't blame them if they don't feel safe. We're crossing lines. We are not. It's all we've got in lockdown. I am becoming you. It's like you possessed me. <laughs> I want to implement a safe word for my family. And I'll just shout at them, banana, banana. You're in M. Salation. Tick, 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 tick. Tick my box. Hello, welcome to Emsolation. Did you enjoy our little mini pod yesterday? Oh, see, these are the things we do. And also what you're going to hear coming up is Michael and I jumped on the phone straight after MasterChef finished last night and the winner was announced and um, we shared our thoughts. So you'll be able to hear that in this podcast also. Um, we're also going to talk about the fact there was a surprise, surprise royal wedding and Henry Cavill, Superman seductively built a PC and he filmed it and he put it on his Instagram and I just didn't know. It's the video I didn't know I needed but always wanted. How are you going? We're in week two here in Melbourne of lockdown and Sydney, friends, New South Wales, not looking too far behind. And in Melbourne, masks are going to be mandatory as of Wednesday, which I'm glad for. Honestly, wear a mask. (laughs) Michael and I talk about it a bit more but – The worst case scenario is it doesn't do anything, but we know that it does. So just pop one on. It's for the best. You can get some really cute ones. You can treat it as an accessory. You can match to the kids. You know, do all that you can. I'm going to try and learn how to sew them just to give me another activity to do. I'm finding the Sunday nights quite hard to tell you and Monday mornings. I don't know why. It's not like I work a full-time job and have to get up every day and slog it out. But I don't know. They're the ones that remind me of another, you know, the time's turned over for another week. And I was reminded in uh, on Facebook Memories that my tour, Rage and Rainbows, launched this time last year. And um, I don't know, it threw me for a six. And I was looking at a lot of your smiling faces in the crowd and I went and watched some videos. And that tour meant so much to me. But at the time, I didn't really appreciate it because I was exhausted. But I look back now and I can't believe what my team and I achieved. You know, sold out Hamer Hall, sold out State Theatre in Sydney and those kind of huge shows. And I look now and I think, oh, I, could, I don't know that I could do that now. I don't know that I'd have the energy. She seems like another person, show him. And I was really sad and I said to Scott last night, I don't know that I'll ever get to do it again. Like that. Because I think everything's going to change. I think the way that you guys come to theatres is going to change. Hopefully not. Hopefully we can get back to it all and God look out for the next show. All of us in a room together. Can you imagine the pent up energy that's going to be (laughs) all of us out for the first time? I have started planning it. I don't care at some point. And next year I was planning on doing something quite small. That's gone out the window. I'm learning how to roller skate if that's giving you any clues as to what's going to go on next year. (laughs) But I mean, you know, I just want you to know that it's a roller coaster for me too. I am up and down multiple times a day. And if you are too, that's normal. Just go with it. Just find some things that bring you joy. I'm back into that kind of, okay, what's going to make me feel better right now phase, which isn't necessarily healthy, but I'm surviving on that. Yes. Uh, It's not going to be a long intro today because I'm just, you know, ready to get into it. What you're going to hear next is probably... Michael and I, Three Wines Deep, we've recorded the podcast at all different times over the past couple of days to try and bring you the most fresh. So I have no idea what I'm actually throwing to now because I'm recording this at 12 o'clock on Monday morning. And then the next thing you're going to hear is we recorded at 10 p.m. on Monday night and you'll probably listen to this on the Tuesday. Is that confusing? <laughs> and then we're going to come out of that chat into the rest of the chat that we recorded today, Monday morning. 
Oh, my goodness. Do you need a Venn diagram? Do you need one of those walls with string and pictures to figure out what I just said? All right, so I'm going to get into it now. The MasterChef winner will be discussed next. There's your spoiler alert. Thank you for being here again with Emsolation. Um, play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. Because you're hot. This is Emsolation. How much wine have you had? <laughs> Jock and a kilt is the only stimulant I need on this occasion. So <laughs> I am sober. If I, yeah, but how much wine have you had? None. I'm, if I've got a glazed look at my eyes, it's come from another source. What? You didn't drink any wine? Drink? So I'm the only one that's had three glasses of wine in this podcast recording right now? That's right. That's right. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm proud. Well, how you, I mean, it it was a dead giveaway. Amelia had won because in those interviews, Laura was clearly distressed from her third degree burn. (laughs) (laughs) Which to to be fair, would be distressing, was distressing. It was. She did so well. I just, I mean, let's go back to the start. First of all, let's talk outfits. So, and oh, was- it was all about the outfits for me. I mean, one in particular, obviously. But I can't remember another Master Chef, Chef season where I was so riveted to see all the contestants' outfits. But anyway, start with the judges. Go. Oh, I didn't even really pay that much attention, except for Khan's. Oh my God, didn't you? Oh, Khan's. I know. But what about? I've already forgotten her name. I think it was Sarah, who was going to Princess Beatrice's wedding. No, see, I thought she. That's funny. We both went. I thought she looked like the love child of Fergie and Di, like just melded. (laughs) (laughs) So Melissa looked amazing as always. Fabulous. And fabulous. uh, Andy was dressed as the valet driver, which was great. He probably parked everyone's cars (laughs) when they arrived. (laughs) You called him a valet driver. I called him Johnny English. Johnny English. Oh my God. I actually turned to Adrian and said, what would you like? What's what's like a spoof of 007? What's 007 but shit? And he said, you mean like Johnny English? And if you think of Rowan Atkinson and look at him, there is part of his DNA that is Rowan Atkinson. There is Mr. Bean in Andy somewhere. I'm telling you. Oh, you won't find any anyway. arguments from me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the funniest part was when he tried to say fascinator and came out with financier. So that was good. <laughs> nah, he's all right. He looked good. Look good in a penguin suit. He looked good. And yep. obviously we need to discuss the whole jock situation. Oh, God, daddy The jock situation. <sighs> I mean, which particular – see – for me, I don't it, – it, what was electrifying about it was it was slightly higher cut, tantalisingly higher cut. Like it was really quite like a couple of inches above the knees and and I'm not familiar. I mean, maybe it's just I was more focused on, you know, the, the potential of it to, to twirl up, so to speak. But uh, I, for me, it felt electrifyingly higher cut. There was also something sticking out of his sock. It was and a bow. It sounds like I'm doing a euphemism. What was that? I believe that I believe they're like little bows on the top of each – sock but like a manly oh. bow like a a ribbon but not like in yep. a, not in like a little girl bow i mean let's no. let's go right down the toxic masculinity oh. path more in like a <laughs> you know like a scout ribbon to the side 
And then he had, I had. No, I mean that there was an actual implement coming out of his sock. I mean, this is getting really what? weird now. There was in one. Oh, look, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back. I'm, obviously, I'm gonna be rewatching, but just fast forwarding to the scenes of Jock. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure there was some sort of weapon in the sock. Anyway, there was not a weapon. The only weapon was under what? his Anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> and then, of course, the sporin, which is now what we know it is. Yeah, I prefer cod piece. Or, yeah, sure. Cod, cod pouch, as you put it. <laughs> um, and then also yeah. the tartan tie as well in the same yeah. material as the kilt. Yeah. And fresh haircut, clearly, as well. He looked good. I mean, Daddy Jock mm. looked the goods. I'm not going to lie. I, I did have a moment. He told Amelia to smile. And you know how I feel when men tell women to smile. Um, did, a, yeah. did a whole tour about it. Um, but I overlooked it because he was well-intentioned and I was very distracted by the kilt. So I'll allow it. You were the bigger person there, Amelia. (laughs) I will overlook a hint of misogyny because I want to objectify you. Correct. And in the, in, in the scheme of the world, everyone's happy and balanced on that. That feels like a nice balancing of flavors. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm Amelia. I'm the Amelia. Of social situations. Of wordplay. <laughs> so I'm happy she won. I'm happy. I feel like she was most deserving. It was very sad when Laura burnt her hand and I could just tell, you know, but in the end, Amelia was cool, calm and collected. She did change up the shade of lipstick, I want to say. Um, it, oh, did she? Yeah, it was quite a pinky red, not a blue red as we're used to seeing. So, you know, whatever works. I was worried. I thought, oh, God, she's breaking tradition. And her hair looked a bit darker. I have to say it looked like she dyed it. Maybe she oh. yeah, got a little bit of Weller hair dye in lockdown. Um, and so, yeah, look, that's all, that's all fine. Let's not focus too much on their appearance. No, although I can't believe you didn't – I couldn't stop looking at the contestants. If I have – uh, um, criticism of the finale is I did want to hang with some of the uh, I I reckon we could have just got them all dosed on wine and then just heard I wanted to hear their catty comments about the food uh, I would have loved also Poe didn't say a single thing the entire time oh shit was Poe even there down? was she there yeah she was there they, she was there you saw her oh I didn't notice all I could see was Khan's I just thought just to honour their role in the season, at the very least, let Poe enter the service area and just stare into the oven for a couple of seconds as a tribute to everything <laughs> we've experienced. Give her something. And I'm totally with you, Reese. I mean, I, he could run a commentary. Oh, Reese, I love that. I want him to be a judge. What are you doing, Joel? Yes, and, love and that. Pray tell, Amelia, which judge would you say he should replace? <laughs> Look... I don't want to make any suggestions. I don't want to, like, you know, put anything into the universe. But <laughs> if I had to pick. Now, nah, he could just be added for special commentary. Yeah. He was yeah. amazing. No, I didn't want to hear from the contestants because half of them I'd forgotten. I didn't even that is a, isn't that incredible? In. I mean, I oh. have watched pretty much every minute of this show. Yes. I haven't had that. You know, we've been in lockdown. I've yes. been so fixated on it. And every once in a while, someone would drift on and go, "Are they? Were they in this season? Who were they?" Could not tell you a name. I was like, she wasn't. She wasn't in this season. I said to my no, Tara, there was one lady <laughs> with brunette wavy hair that I genuinely <laughs> no idea, no memory who she was at all. <laughs> I felt that way, honestly, about 50% of them. 
Like I did, and <laughs> and I didn't care. I mean, and Reynolds was dressed like he got a country road sponsorship for a middle-aged woman. I don't understand what was going on with that coat scarf combo. I didn't get it. I just no. It, it was. Weird. I think it was it, a, that that was a depressed outfit choice. <laughs> 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 that was him lying on a bed and that was some well-meaning family member saying, just give him some beige and get him out there. <laughs> but you can tell the ones who got out early had been planning their grand finale outfits for weeks. You can tell oh, the hair, yeah, the tan, the makeup totally. matching. And then the more recent ones are just like they still haven't kind of come to terms with things. They're still struggling. So they just, you know, whatever was on the bed. But then yeah, God, well, what do you do when you're shut out of the competition? You text all the other contestants going, what are you going to wear? What are you going to wear to the finale? Also, it's your one chance to be out of the chef's attire to really show who you are. It's your last oh. branding opportunity on MasterChef. Some of them yes. took it. Some of them didn't. <laughs> Man, I'd come in a fucking ball gown. I would walk oh, in. Oh, God. <laughs> you would be like Lady Gaga at the Met Ball coming in. There would be a team of camp dancers yes. that would need to race around. <laughs> <laughs> and then some sort of trapeze. And yeah. they'll be like, what? She, 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 she came 13th. What the hell's happening here? Exactly. Thank you. Pretty much my entire career since I was voted off Australian Idol in ninth place. <laughs> Just turning up you, and over you the top. You peel off a new layer with a completely different look for every course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you say. And when Jock, when they when they had the ad for, um, oh guys, come and try out the next season's Master Chef, and Jock said, "Come on, try." And I said to Chella, "I think I might try out for Master Chef." Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, I'd back you 100%. Mate, totally. I mean, you know I don't believe in recipes, so that would be my only shortcoming is that I don't actually read <laughs> any recipes ever. Even when we get HelloFresh, I, like, sort through them like they're mystery boxes <laughs> and I take all the ingredients out and just make whatever the fuck I want and it drives Scott crazy. I hate recipes. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to cook. Don't put me in a box. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Oh, there's the wine talking. <laughs> I just would love you as a contest. Everyone else, they set the challenge. Everyone races into the pantry. They race out to the garden. Where's Em gone? She's just gone to pick up the HelloFresh box. She'll be back. She's got her card. She's chucked away her card. She's She's got a fish bowl of wine. Oh, that's the other thing. I can't cook without a glass of wine in my hand. Is that allowed in the MasterChef kitchen? <laughs> Em's too drunk to cook, guys. Ah, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Just make some toast. It'll be great. <laughs> No, if look, it's not affecting your podcast nah, career. The, if they the, did a MasterChef for comfort, like made up food cooking, I would win that. I know it would be niche, but I would win that. I'm very good. Do you remember that show? <laughs> oh, okay. Do you remember that show called Aristos, the surprise, surprise chef, chef show? Oh, God. <laughs> she can't talk. You know, remember the chef show where the Greek guy would show up to people's houses and all, of the, all they had in the fridge was like a jar of capers, some mayonnaise oh, that's and right. some Fanta. Yes. And he would whip up like a 12-course meal. <laughs> Is that the kind of yes. challenge that you would My you would thrive at? I want master, the master chef kitchen, the pantry to open and there's four ingredients in there and that's it and you've got to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you've got turmeric, yep. dried noodles yep. and carob. Oh, Go! I would kill that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's a show. That's a new show for free for everyone. Surprise, There surprise. might one day be a celebrity master chef. They tried it that one time. I think they should bring it back. Oh, I'd love celebrity master chef. 
Oh, my God. Yes. Except I don't know how I'd go with me and Andy around utensils and hot things. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So do you have any final thoughts? What do you want to say about this season of MasterChef? How are they going to top it? How are they going to top it? Well, I mean, uh, all I can think is, I mean, obviously the only way to go is to keep taking risks with jock's wardrobe choices it would be the way that that would certainly keep my interest going i'm a little bit worried about next season because if it's not back to when we're just back to the normal batch of contestants is the standard going to go down i mean i'll still watch obviously because of my emotional connection to the entire franchise (laughs) but is this some sort of glittering high point from masterchef that we're going to look back on as just the year when the judges came in, they were new, they were great. Jock rocked yeah. a kilt. He wore the sporin and everyone was back to win. And then from here, we just go back to sort of more, your your nuts and bolts, normal master chef. Oh, that would be disappointing. I don't want to bring it down. <laughs> I didn't think I just did well, though. We've, we've got to watch those bloody junior master chefs cook first. Oh Jesus. Or they could settle into a RuPaul rhythm of just doing like a normal season and then just all stars constantly. Oh, I love that concept. Yes. Or they could just have drag queens come in and cook for a season, which I would also watch. Yeah. (laughs) Of course you would. A fusion of the two franchises. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to jump back into the podcast part that we recorded this morning when I hadn't drunk three glasses of red wine. Oh, you did that. So you so elegantly this morning pretended as though we just had this conversation and now you've had a few wines and the whole mystique of how nah. we made this podcast, you've thrown it no away. No mistake here. All right, we're jumping back into regular M and Michael where M is very sober. Okay, in we go. The sophistication of your broadcasting here. That was from Wayne's World. Thank you very much. Okay. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Okay, MasterChef Grand Finale, excitement to one side. A royal wedding, a low-key royal wedding dropped on the weekend and I'm so excited by it. Yeah, I, me, I'm going to say less excited, a lot less excited. Might be close to a flat line, but continue. <laughs> Who was it? It was uh, Princess Beatrice, sister of Eugenie and daughter of Fergie and Andrew, obviously, and she married Eduardo Mapelli-Mozzi in a secret wedding at Windsor Castle. And the best thing about it was the dress that she wore, which was stunning. I'm all for it. Let me tell you, it was an ivory dress made from taffeta and duchess ivory silk with organza puffed sleeves, a diamante adorned checker geometric bodice. I've already switched off. Borrowed. (laughs) Well, it was a great frock. It had a statement sleeve, which I love, but the dress belonged to Liz. (gasps) Oh, in her in her Claire Foy era, is it? A- <laughs> yes, from the the documentary The Crown. If you refer <laughs> back to the opening of Lawrence of Arabia premiere in 1962, oh. Liz wore this dress on the red carpet. Oh, come on. Even that's got to warm your heart. Yeah, but I'm sort of slightly thinking, what's she doing wearing a wedding dress on a red carpet? I mean, I know it wasn't technically, but funny. You don't normally see a cream gown at a movie premiere. 
Wow, Liz Selly. But, and it was sleeveless at the movie premiere. Beatrice added the sleeves. That was an extra bonus bit that she had put on. Beatrice is the one with the crazy hat from... Sperm hat. The sperm hat. Okay, yep, yep. No, yep. Yep. Famously wore the sperm hat. Uh, she's the one that looks most like Fergie too. She's got the shiny red hair, big blue eyes. Yep. Like she very much looks like Fergie. And, um, you know, the dress was beautiful. And she also wore a crown she borrowed from Nana. Oh, all right. I just see that that's probably what's going to happen in my house. The girls are going to come in and go, Mum, can I borrow my wedding dress from your cupboard? Like, sure. <laughs> Which one do you want? The one with feathers or the one with sequins? <laughs> okay, less likely to happen here is I do have less of a classic array of gowns. But if one of them wants to get married in a unicorn onesie, I've got them fucking covered. Don't worry about that. <laughs> You absolutely do. A one-piece leotard. <laughs> this all happened, you know, they, they adhered to social distancing. There's shots of the Queen and Prince Philip about 20 metres away from everyone else, which is good. She should be wrapped in cotton wool somewhere. God, mm. I can't believe Liz is out and about. But did it partially happen in with all this secrecy and isolation? Because, I mean, let's face it, it's not a great time for Prince Andrew. Not a great time at all. <laughs> <laughs> Surely he was there. That's the, was he? Was he pictured? Yeah. Is he in any of the pictures? Nope, that was not allowed. And if I was Fergie, I wouldn't allow my ex-husband who's up on those kind of charges. Uh, well, he hasn't been charged with anything yet. He's been wanted for question. Yes, that's right. The rumours swirling him. I wouldn't want him in any of the wedding shots either. Well, the last time they pulled out the official photographer in an event for that family was at Beatrice's 18th when they snapped Jeffrey Epstein and Harvey Weinstein and Ghislaine Maxwell all standing together enjoying, oh, enjoying some time. I don't want to bring what? it down. I don't want to take your royal wedding fantasies and just suddenly switch topic, but anyway, I just did. (laughs) Yes, so very exciting times. I know you're less excited than me, but I just needed a little royal wedding lift. I was a bit flat because I I did open Rage and Rainbows a year ago. Yeah. On on Sunday night, the 19th. Feels longer. Feels much longer to me. Really? Because. I think Facebook memories needs to just go get fucked. They need to turn that off. At the moment, I don't want to see one Facebook memory. I don't want to know that a year ago I was able to touch and hug people and be in close proximity to crowds and perform. I don't need that. I don't want to see the memories. Facebook needs to stop it. Yeah. It's gone from a nostalgic treat to, oh, just rub our face in it, won't you? <laughs> Jesus! Look at all that touching. Oh, my God. That's it. The one thing I can't get over is looking back on the photos is I think straight away, this is how easily conditioned I am. Oh, God, oh my elbow was touching that person. It's not very safe. Yeah. That's what I think now when I look at photos. The weirdest photos for me to look back on are the January Lizzo concert photos where we were literally oh, packed like sardines in with a whole lot of millennials and we were so proud of ourselves for being so bad. And you look at it now and you think that is the cluster to end all clusters. Oh. I was on your shoulders at one point. God. Imagine the bodily fluids that were passing from my groin to your neck. (laughs) There was so much risk involved with that move. (laughs) (laughs) So another thing that gave me a lift that, no, I really – the not touring thing, like I texted you, I said, I'm I'm distraught. I, start, I burst into tears when my, I came up in a blue wig because mm. the Rage and Rainbows tour at the time, I didn't enjoy it because it was so labour intensive and I'd just given birth and I was trying to get this mammoth thing off the ground. We had trucks and vaginas and 
so many things to wrangle. And I, of course, was overseeing it all because I'm a control freak. Mm. And I just was like, God, I just want this to be over. I just want this to be over. And now I look back and I wish I had have enjoyed it more at the time because who knows when I'm going to be able to mount that kind of tour again. You will. I mean, I know it seems like a long way away and it may not be so deep in 2021. But it'll happen and it will be epic. But, I, I mean, I can understand why you didn't enjoy it. I spent the whole the first two nights with you and I was so exhausted sitting backstage doing nothing. It's so full <laughs> on. For those of you that don't know what goes on, I mean, this is like she's already killed herself with all the preparations. And then she has to do like a full sound check and then and then you do all, you do all of the VIP ticket like posing. You give them a, a show. It's like you're basically giving them a show. You give them a show in the afternoon, then you give it about 20 seconds to relax and you have to like go back on and then give the full show and do all of that and then be nice to everyone backstage all your family dickheads like me that want to come and go let's talk about it what's happened and I was catatonic at the end of the night and literally all I'd done is sat there with a rosé at the side of the stage just watching it was it's so exhausting It was, but I, I just wish I had have known in a year's time that I wouldn't be able to do it. I was, I took it for granted. I took the whole, and I've, and I've been so distraught about, and you've had to be on the receiving end of my distress about what's happening in my career. And I finally kind of drilled down on last night that I'm not in control anymore. And, you know, I left, I'm now kind of beholden to people deciding if they want to give me work or not, Mm. which I think is the thing I'm finding the most stressful is, People, I have to put myself up for jobs and I'm getting rejected from most of them. Like I've, I've missed out on a lot of things over the past few weeks that I probably wouldn't normally have even put myself forward for because I was making my own magic. Mm. So I, I think for me it's my self-esteem and my self-worth have really taken a hit because I'm waiting on basically dudes to decide if I'm worthy or not. <laughs> and I know I am, but... I, Sometimes, most of the time, you're back in that position. Oh, Michael, it's so awful, and also having to deal with ghosts of Christmas past constantly. Of oh, did this person work with you here and said you weren't very easy to work with, so we're not going to give you the job and that kind of stuff. Which doesn't matter if you're making your own shows. I get to choose the people I hire. I get to choose the people I put around me, and and now and it it's works like, a treat. I mean, there's a triumph of your career. You're a classic. To quote Hamilton, you're a self-starter. You work a lot harder. Yeah, immigrants, we get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just... <laughs> we get the dancing I'd... vaginas in full formation on the stage. All yes. The st- <laughs> and I walked away from the big companies and corporations just going, thanks very much, guys, but I've got this. I'm going to find my own community, and I did, and all of you guys listening are a part of that, and you buy the tickets, and we have this kind of great relationship where I don't need a middleman, and now I need the middleman again, and it's really affecting me. <laughs> God. It will change, though. I mean, it's hard to say that now as we're all about to go outside wearing masks on and it just gets worse and worse and worse. But that first tour back, (laughs) I mean, I'm almost scared to think about the kind of just the rabid nature of your fan base by then. But will we get there? Will we? I just... And also they so will much. They're in WA they're doing they're bring back football crowds. So we will, we will. It's just it's un- oh. and there'll be a vaccine one day. I've been touch wood, touch wood. One day. So much of my identity is tied up in that stuff though. So much of what lights me up in is being on stage and performing and having audiences in a room and watching the instant feedback and I just realized 
so much of that fuels my soul. And God, you know, sitting up in my little study painting an owl on a canvas with my kids' watercolors isn't cutting it. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> you show your little painting of the outer cello and she goes, oh, yeah. It's not the same as 4,000 people cheering, laughing. That's not. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting what I need. And and you did briefly touch on masks. Now in Melbourne, um, as of Wednesday, it's mandatory and you can get a $200 fine if you're not wearing a mask. Mm. Oh, we're very used to it because we had to, for the filming, all wear masks all the time. Mm. We were, so mm. I'm now completely at one with full PPE. But I don't understand anyone who's adverse to a mask. I don't understand what they're protesting. Because the worst, what's the worst case scenario that it doesn't work? I mean, is that is that what they're saying? Well, no, it's just some, it's some pathetic, you know, I say what I wear and what I do and what I, um, I saw someone else point out, like, there's plenty of things that, Plenty of stages of attire you can't be in when you go out. Like, it's not socially acceptable to go out without your pants on. We've all accepted the fact that pants are necessary. And now we have to accept the fact that masks are necessary. Just deal with it, for Christ's sake, you big babies. I know. It's really weird. Now, can you explain to me, it's kind of brushed over my... my there was a woman... And I saw the video. She's been called Karen from Brighton. Well, you get sick of walking the same streets. I, you know, I've done all of Brighton. Can you explain what's gone on there? Because it's just blowing up everywhere. I think it's because I mainly follow gay men who are obsessed with her now. But please explain what's well, going on. Well, she... <laughs> she... Uh, was on Channel 9 News and they were doing a story about the new restrictions in Melbourne and they were interviewing people and they caught her, I don't know quite where she was walking, somewhere the in Brighton tan. clearly. Wasn't she walking the Looks tan? like it. Oh. Um, and, you know, and she just sort of says she sounds, I mean, it's it's true and true all the way. <laughs> and she's like, well, you get sick of walking the same streets. You know, I've done all of Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> and it was already a classic and it went viral, but then it's kicked up to another level because what? Dan Andrews, who, oh, I mean, he is all over his social media, isn't he? He's always mm. watching a little trend. So in yeah. his speech, he directly said something. And, you know, if walking your local streets is boring, well, being bored is much better. Actually, he does a stop start, doesn't he? Well, being bored is much better than being in intensive care. That's my clear message. That's what he said. So she was basically, she got burned by the Premier in an official speech. She's also had now the other, you know, if you're part of the culture, you get Jeff Van Sant on TikTok and Instagram turning you into a dance remix. That's happened too. It's amazing. Good. Yes. Uh, And, yeah, so basically, I mean, it did hit the point. I was an early uh, fan of this whole meme and was sharing it to everyone and everyone was laughing about it. And I did get to a bit of tipping point going, oh, shit, Hang on, like, I mean, you know. This is a woman. This is a person, a it's human. It's a woman person. Yes. Yeah, she might be a very wealthy Brighton woman, but nonetheless, it can't be fun to think that literally the entire state's laughing at you. And yeah. also, we don't know, like, that could have been just one thing she said in a longer interview. I'm sure it was. But anyway, yeah. she's finally responded. Um, and and I went on a real ride with her response because to begin with, I really, I was into it. I was thinking, yes, yeah. Karen, she's actually Jodie from Brian, but let's call her Karen. Yes, Karen from Brian, this is great. So she went with, I'm not on social media, so I didn't see any of it. To be honest, I found it funny and made my weekend. I'm providing people with light relief. Okay, you're great, all great. But then she said okay. to, get, to get them through the dandemic, as oh, in the Dan Andrews. Wow. I know, but then part of me was like, "Oh, you bloody politicised it, Karen." But then, but then I thought, "Well, I suppose he sledged her, so maybe I don't know." The Dan Demick, she spent forty-eight hours dreaming that one. She's gone to the young people in her life, her grandchildren. I reckon there's been a lot of workshopping there. 
hashtag pandemic. Just wear a mask if you're in Melbourne. Honestly, this, this, just do it. I had a woman behind me in the post office. Um, I was wearing a mask and she she kind of snickered to herself. Oh, it's not, not doing anything. I don't want you wearing it. Like, and I, I just, I wanted to turn around and start it with her, but I didn't. But I just felt like turning around and saying, what, what's your problem? Honestly, what if it does work? Because it does. It, this has been scientifically proven. I just don't get people raging against, against masks. I don't get it like, either. I like it's like the equivalent of, you know, when like, little toddlers like chuck a stack about putting their shoes on to go outside mm. And, mm. and you just look at them and go, this is a fundamental, we're going outside. You cannot be barefoot. What is happening here? This is for your own good. It's for everyone to go put your fucking shoes on. It is. It, these, that's what these people seem like to me. <laughs> it's so easy. And New York yeah. at the moment has, like, they have really got it under control. New York at the moment is so much better that they're now quarantining people from other states. And the main, mm. one of the main things that they did was just make everyone wear masks. And it, the yes. numbers dropped off so quickly and also like our film shoot is the a perfect example of it because tv and film sets are normally absolute disease incubators like normally at the end of every season like there are still seasons of offspring i watch and i can see once it gets to the tail end of the season you can see all the red noses everyone gets sick but mm. this year we all obviously had to go to task with the protocols but the main one is wearing masks and no one no one no one whereas last year everyone was coughing and spluttering by the end yeah. it's, it, it really has to be effective so it's ridiculous to question it's just yes. that's so easy can you put your fucking mask on <laughs> please put your fucking mask on save some lives oh thank well you. done now, thank you now before we go just to go out on a high oh what a high I know where you're going. <laughs> if someone had said to me a week ago, you're going to watch somebody build a PC in their study, I would have said to you, no, I haven't hit quite that low yet. But then <laughs> I was alerted to Henry Cavill, a.k.a. the Man of Steel, in his office in a black tight singlet, building a home computer from scratch, and I watched that video... <laughs> I watched it attentively. I've watched it three times. I don't know. I mean, he does put some Barry White music on. He does. I don't know he knows why. what he's doing. I think I find it so erotic because he's choosing to read the instructions. <laughs> and as a, and as Something a you've always looked for in a man. <laughs> I mean, I grew up with a man. You've got to understand my father doesn't believe. He believes instructions are a sign of weakness. He believes that if you read instructions, you are admitting you are, in fact, not a man. So, and then my husband can never be bothered either. So I just feel like when I saw Henry Cavill crack the instructions, Oh, my God. I felt a little fizzing. Look, I want to say, yeah, the instructions were great. I'm going to add in the arms, the chest, the face, the jaw. (laughs) (laughs) They're also an element of the enjoyment of this. Everything about it. But watching someone so brawny and hot do something so delicate and, you know, you can't help but think what would he be like undoing my bra clasp? What would those fingers be like if they were, like, fiddling with the fly on my jeans? It's hard not to make draw those comparisons. Oh, it's hard not to, but also he's sending you the message. He knows you're drawing those comparisons. He's okay with it. Like there's – I mean, I think it's pretty clear there's a favourite bit 
in the in I have watched it a couple of times. And, um, I mean, I'm, it's not that I've time coded it, but it is one minute forty nine. He, yes. um, it's when he's making a little adjustment at waist level, and because he's the PC sort of covering the lower half of his body, it does look briefly like he might be doing something to his nether regions. And he does this little looks to camera and goes, "Ha I know what you're thinking. No, it's not that. I'm just going to keep on going." So Henry's really so... he thought there is not a gay or straight nerd on this interweb that I am not going to hook in with this video and he's absolutely right. But I want to see a series now. I want to see Henry Cavill unstacks a dishwasher. I think so. I want to see Henry Cavill mows along. Like I'm up for watching him do mundane tasks. Oh, the task is not important. It just needs to be (laughs) multi-stage... And needs to needs to provide. And actually, it's good if it has a combination of a bit of lifting, but then also yes. a lot of delicate little work. <laughs> lifting just to remind us: look at my biceps, look at my bulging muscles. But then back to, but I can also be quite dexterous with my fingers. That's right. <gasps> oh God, I've just had to take my cardigan off. <laughs> <laughs> you also have a special connection. Henry Cavill is in The Witcher, which is one of those shows that is like oh, they've read the M. Rossiano algorithms and they've absolutely put together a show for her. I froth The Witcher. I, I don't even know if it was the podcast around when I was obsessively consuming The Witcher. Have we spoken no, about No, I think we've done, the, we've done a Viking one, which for me is all blurred together in the same, oh. the same genre, but I don't think you've mentioned The Witcher. Maybe Ladies that. and gentlemen of the internet, of the Emsolation universe, please, if you have not watched The Witcher starring Henry Cavill in a long white wig with green contact lenses, everything, and he talks like this, like even deeper than Batman and The Witcher. <laughs> oh, my God. I was dreaming about The Witcher. The Witcher's, for me, probably the best thing I've watched bar 365 days. Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is I can't believe we haven't talked about The Witcher. It's just everything I wanted and needed. It's really going to keep you going until he releases Henry Cavill clears out the filter in the dishwasher or whatever the next one is. I don't care. (laughs) As long as there's more and as long as he's kept his uniform of the tank top. (laughs) And the trackies. (laughs) Oof. I love what the tracksuit pants suggest too. God, there's no hiding in the tracksuit pants. They'll come off pretty quickly. Oh. All right, we've covered some ground. <laughs> Jesus, as usual. Um, uh, talk to you later on in the week. I feel really scattered. I feel... Uh, Your time's lost all meaning again. I'm finding the symptoms of the last shutdown are coming back worse, like the concentration. I, I complained about it last time, how I couldn't Same. concentrate. Worse! Who Same. knew? Cannot... Same. It used to be every 30 seconds I'd switch... Con- now it's every 10 to 15 seconds. I, I need to look at something shiny and new. I can't, I don't know what's wrong with me. Same. I've also just started online shopping again. I've got to whisper that. I get in trouble about the packaging. Scott's on a real like garbage mission. He says we have too much garbage, too much recycling, blah, blah, blah. So I'm more concerned about the stuff when it arrives, not the money that's been spent, the packaging that it's in, because I know I'm going to cop a lecture. Oh, my mm. God. So when it comes, I have to quickly unwrap it and just walk in with it like it arrived, you know, just on a hanger. <laughs> There's some sort of hidden back corner of your garden where there is a lot of bubble wrap and some broken down boxes. And so God, I hope he never steps foot down there. No, it's all in the boot of my car. Oh, my God. You should see it looks like the post office in there. <laughs> I have to unpackage everything in secret, then bring it in. God. If you catch a mask-wearing Italian-Australian woman <laughs> desperately racing in between her open boot and some sort of skip, just know oh. she's doing what she needs to do. Oh, do you know what last thing I Googled was small skips. 
I legitimately just Googled how small is the smallest skip you can have delivered to your house because I have to find a way to dump the bodies because <laughs> all this packaging is out of control and I've got to stop getting things online. But it gives me something to look forward to because mm. I see, oh, okay, it's arriving in five days. Mm. So then I do the countdown. This is where I'm at and I'm my simmering rage, my just general rage levels are really high. Like they're worse than usual. And I got I got nothing. I got no one to blame it on. Mm, you just need so. to find the person to blame. And if they are a member of your direct family, so be it. Oh, it's generally Scott. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. <laughs> well, on that note. Do you see how my best friend knows? Let's wind up and talk yeah. with the microphone in front of you. Yeah. And let's take this offline. This is going out to many thousands of people. The man let's himself stop might now. hear it. Yeah. All right, good. Well, Bye. talk to you in a couple. See, I'll talk to you in probably five minutes, but f- officially on Thursday. Yes, excellent. Okay, bye. bye. This is Emsolation. All right, well, that's it. Hope you enjoyed our MasterChef up to the minute recap. The energy levels would have been all over the place in that podcast. <laughs> And the alcohol consumption. Uh, thank you for being here. Make sure you've subscribed to us on iTunes, left a review. Make sure you're following us on Spotify. If you'd like to become a patron of the podcast, which is like next level hardcore lover and member of this situation, you can go to mraciano.com for all the information. And um, I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Bye. A Podcast One production.